Okay. We're live. There's things happening. We are streaming to the world, whether the world wants us to stream to it or not. And yes, hello, hello everyone. Um, hey. late. Uh, we are streaming to the world, and uh, shall we get started? The world doesn't have a choice. No, no, the, the world is basically just going to have to take what we give them. Um, let's get a move on. Welcome to Australian Transformers Weekly. We are bringing you Transformers news from around the world and directly from Travis Knight's living room. Um, Bumblebee is out this week. Some of us have seen it. We might talk a little bit about it later on. This is episode 176. We are recording live uh, kind of late into the night on December 14th, 2018. In this episode, we will be talking about Bumblebee. Some more images of uh, Masterpiece 44, the uh, new Convoy 3.0, have come out. Bumblebee and uh, Walmart and Bumblebee and maybe some more Bumblebee. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, have images of MP44 coming out? Uh, yes, and so so have uh, so have multiple images arranged into a moving picture that forms the movie known as Bumblebee. Oh, I'll have to check that out. All that and more coming up after this. Okay, everyone, welcome to the show. I am Jason. Joining me this week, um, yeah, well, we've actually we've broken our cardinal rule. We don't have a Brad this week. What's um, what's going on? Minus the Brad, but plus the John. Yes, this is true. This is true. And, you know, I, I hear a rumor that we actually can't contain Brad and John in the same room at the same time. Uh, John, coming to us from Queensland for the first time in a while. How are you doing, mate? Oh, I'm doing good. Good. Good to be back. Sorry that I haven't been on in so long. Just, just been busy packing bots for people lately. <laughs> you know what? Uh, we're sorry that you haven't been on as well. Um, the the show has been Johnless without you. Uh, I'm sure it would be. But yeah. Don't worry, I've brought my Johnness for this show, so we'll <laughs> pack it full. You know. Excellent. Coming to us from South Australia, Max. How are you doing? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, mostly on account of having seen Bumblebee. But Mac, Max has got the Bumblebee vibes. Um, I've also got Bumblebee vibes, but our vibes are a little bit different. But uh, we might talk about that a little bit later on. Um, we've uh, this is probably our last proper show for the year. We'll uh, we'll see what we'll see whether there's more shows to come and what form they take. But uh, let's take it as this is the final podcast of the year. So uh, if you are listening to you are listening to the podcast around Christmas time, Merry Christmas to you and yours, and. Um, Hopefully, there's some Transformers under your tree. Shall we talk about some news? Yes. Yes, good. Okay. Uh, oh, and just... Uh, else to, how else to respond to that? Uh, you generally just say yes. <laughs> um, so, we are going to be... Uh, we are skipping some bot shots. There's no bot shots competition this week. The way the bot shots competition is structured is that all of the monthly winners from uh, 2018 now... Um, I believe uh, I believe it says here they enter a Thunderdome. They're gonna fight to the death. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. I believe that's right. They enter the Thunderdome. Um, eleven, eleven winners enter. Although I think it's only more like three winners because they're all the same person, and one winner <laughs> leaves with the major prize. The year. I'm not sure we know what the major prize is just yet, but uh, details they're gonna be ironed out soon and. Um, Whoever wins that major prize will be happy with it, I'm sure. And then they take the losers' heads as mantelpieces, something like that. Maybe I, I think that's only if they have changeable faces. Not uh, the bots, of course, not the not the actual people. Well, I, I, you know, like I don't, I don't really want to restrict what people do with their mantelpieces. Okay. You know, Look, you, I've never gone far enough in that competition to really speak to experience, so <laughs> got no way to say that they don't. Yeah, true. Uh, very true. We're going to move swiftly on and get to the news. Straight into news. Asbury News. That will take us into some news. What news comes from by yonder? Um, look, okay, let's talk about a little bit of news. We've got uh, we've got some new scans have emerged of the uh, 
the most controversial figure in Transformers history, I think, the Masterpiece Convoy 3.0 MP44. It's looking like he's going to be the most expensive uh, Masterpiece Transformer ever after after the after we've been shell-shocked by the prices of Dinobot and Beast Wars Megatron in the last year. Uh, we're generally seeing prices between five to six hundred dollars for the new uh, Masterpiece Convoy. So um, like he's definitely going to be up there on the pricing front. Now, uh, Max, I think you you and Brad talked a little bit about the value proposition for the figure last week. What we're looking at at the moment is uh, the scans from the the Generations 2019 magazine that seems to have just escaped some of the printers. It's uh, it's it's the scans have come out in China. Um, we've got we've got the scans up on screen. We'll we'll sort of scroll through them, scroll through them slowly. But uh, what do you what do you think? Do these uh, do these scans look? Uh, do they do they change your mind in terms of value or desire to own the figure? I mean, I do maintain that I think it's probably the best Transformer I've ever seen. Like, it looks phenomenal. <laughs> There's no question there. Uh, it, the issue is the price, and that is it. Like, I, I can't levy any sort of complaint against this figure as a figure whatsoever. It, the pr- any point of contention comes from price alone. John, how are you feeling about the price of uh, MP44? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, eh? Like... I mean, yeah, like I'm with Max. Like, as far as primes go, like, not it's it's the best looking one, but yeah, the price, like, it's it's just tough. Like, I'd, I'd have to wait till I physically see it in my hand, mm. like, you know, because is yeah, if, if it's if it's perfect, like, you know, if it looks how it looks and then it still holds holds well, like, I guess, but you know, yeah, it's 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 harsh that it's that much, really. Like, they're just milking. Prime's value, I think. I'm just worried about the special editions or repaints. <laughs> so, so uh, this is probably a good time to say it. I have pre-ordered it. Um, yeah, I've pre-ordered it. It is, it is, <laughs> it is coming. It's going to join my collection uh, you know next, next August. I needed a new Star Scream. <laughs> you need a new, did you just need a new Star Scream head? Uh, I wasn't going to get it honestly, and then it's like, but I heard rumors about the Star Scream parts, and as soon as I saw them, I was like, all right, I'm getting that. Fair enough. Look, we we do have the Starscream parts shown in the picture at the moment. There is a uh, there's sort of the shoulder vents and a Starscream face to allow you to mimic that car it's, that episode of the cartoon where um Starscream managed to take over Prime's body. It sucks because I'd, I'd love to, but like definitely not at that price. I just can't, you know. Mm. Like cause I'd love one as Starscream and one as Prime, but oh, they're making it a tough thing. Yeah. One of the uh, that is that is not what that's I, not the vodka. What I wanted to happen there. That was uh, that was work slack. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that I, I I find interesting about the um about the the figure is the effects pieces. So I'm just trying to find the the photos of them. The effects pieces that you can see here, um, they've got both the can they've got both cannon blasts and jet blasts. I think they're the same piece, um, but yeah. I find that I find that they they add quite a new dimension that we haven't really seen in masterpiece figures before. The uh, I mean we've seen jetpacks, but we haven't necessarily seen the sort of uh, attempts to mimic their cartoon effects before. I mean, I it's, the closest we've seen was on MP36 with a sort of sword beam slash laser effect. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's uh, nice that they're sort of going that way now, though. Like, because you know they're like especially with the price, but like. Every like every other company that does figures, they do have sort of effects like this. That's so right. It, yeah, it's nice that now they're they're deciding to start putting it in. Really, like yeah. Uh, spe- speaking of um like effects, um if I go just a sort of a step a step further than getting effects is um, picking up weapons. We have a current sale on in Australia at the moment where Big W is selling off movie. Uh, movie deluxes and voyages for five dollars and ten dollars, and I saw a note. I saw a note from someone in the uh, in the group earlier today saying that they had picked up the uh, Voyager Voyager maybe deluxe. I don't know um, Hound from the last night for dirt cheap and uh, dirt cheap from Big W, and uh, they were intending to just harvest his weapons. <laughs> uh, Hound does come with uh, quite a variety of weapons, and so um, yeah, more power to them. You know, good on you, but. Um, 
those are so yeah the 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 effects pieces i i find i find particularly effective actually for, for he comes with three heads doesn't he because he comes with one head then an alternate head and then the damaged head yeah, I think I so. I think so. Uh, I think the, if you scroll up, I believe yeah. that's the first image we've seen of that older yeah. hand. Yeah, because that's definitely the one that's on right there in the two pictures. It's two different heads. They definitely are. You can see the uh, the sort of the different animation style coloring, perhaps. Right? Yeah, and that's the gray there. Like his mouth guard goes up like mm -hmm. that, and then on the other one, it's going down. Yeah. So it's clearly. Yeah, the one below that seems. It seems more in line with, you know, sort of later G one, uh, like Japanese, yeah, Japanese G one, and then um, you know, more later Western interpretations of G one Prime as well. It's a bad right. thing, though, isn't it? So of course, look, we we've been talking a bit about MP forty four without necessarily referring to the 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 scans of the magazine. Um, I find the number of uh, the number of poses that they're able to get this into for magazine photos pretty amazing. There's uh, sort of the the classic just gotten off the shuttle and just about to transform into truck mode pose from uh, the the beginning of the the final battle for him in the movie uh, on the left there. There's sort of charging into battle um, shown down on the bottom right there, and um, yeah, there's things there with the jetpack. Um, We've we've actually been given a, a look, which I'm quite amazed at. This we've got to look at how the figure actually transforms here as well, and this is this has actually come up for quite a bit of um, quite a bit of discussion and chat this week. In that, uh, I don't think any of us were expecting parts of the cab to form part of Prime's legs. Yeah, this is like you know we talk about recently, you know, masterpiece transformations get crazier and crazier, and they pull off you know, different engineering processes to, you know, achieve that accuracy. Mm. That's a motion that we've never really seen on a prime before. Absolutely and you also not. see those parts completely disappear within the legs. You know, it's not just like you have these, this sort of chunky um, truck, like blue truck, truck bed that forms into the smoothed out blue legs. Well, well, I'll be honest. That, I, I feel like between steps three, four and five, there's a bit of voodoo magic happening there. Like, <laughs> Uh, the magazine scan is uh, unfortunately just quite bright, but like I don't quite understand how we get from this to this. No, I have no idea. I'm trying to look at it like now myself, and yeah, no, I'm no, fascinated no, to find out. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there's about 15 steps of folding that are missing in some of, in some of these instructions. It's not just that that uh, section of that nice masterpiece transforming. <laughs> I mean, it's not just that that section of a figure, you know, totally changes shape. It's that it also has two massive chunks of a cab completely disappear inside it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's it's very impressive. Um, I and also I feel like I feel like we're seeing a flip of the windows because we, yeah. there there was some discussion over the fact that um, the people thought from the initial scans that the chest design looked like it was fake and because we couldn't match up some details on the windows between the um, robot mode and vehicle mode. And I feel like we can see here that the, some of the windows might actually flip around and that might explain some of those discrepancies. They definitely flip. Hmm. You can see on like, if you look on panel like eight and then like panel nine in the instructions, you can see the little yellow and six, like the yellow bits on the window down the bottom. Yep. But then obviously when it's like he's transformed, like after nine and finished, they're up the top. Yep. Yeah, quite right. So look, um, this guy's going to be quite the marvel of, uh, quite the marvel of masterpiece engineering, I feel. Yeah, look, so I, I guess that's a thing that may, if it, the price is the issue, but there is clearly a lot more going on here than just about any other masterpiece, it looks like. Uh, I, I think that's quite accurate. You know, what actually grabs me looking at these uh, looking at these last shots of the transformation as well is when we've seen prototype photos of this, and we've sort of assumed that... Um, we've sort if of assumed that... Hey? If it turns out if you keep scrolling down, there's way clearer shots. Good-o. Uh, yeah, that glare? Uh, oh, okay, cool. Well, let me go. There we go. Right. So, 
Right. So what's getting me about these shots here is that you can actually see the level of paint application on the forearm here. There's a, you can sort of see the shining, the shine of the lights under which the um, shots were taken. And so I feel like we had kind of assumed that this was just going to be sort of like matte red plastic from um, some of the photos that we'd seen. But I think we might, it might be in for a little bit more of a treat in terms of the amount of paint that is uh, applied to Convoy 3.0. Yeah, if it's anything like, you know, Sunstreaker and Megatron and all that, it should have a nice glossy finish to it yeah. on the final product. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel I feel like that's what we're going to see. Also, we can see sort of a new style Masterpiece hand um, coming out there as well. Uh, just sort of the, the extra joints on the, um, on the parts that fold yeah, out. Yeah, I couldn't quite make out if the, you know, individual fingers were separated, but there is definitely extra knuckles in there. Yeah, I don't think the individual figures, fingers are. You can sort of see the back of the hand there. Yeah. Um, as well as uh, there was something. There was at least there's a little bit yeah, more. So you, so you can see sort of the hands on this shot as well. Yeah. So maybe maybe if it's not separated, at least it's more, you know, just a little bit more expressive than it has previously been. Um, yeah, look, I, I think they're going to be like um, Sunstreaker and Megatron's hands. I feel like that's the new standard for Masterpiece. Yeah, it's sort of, it's a, it's not ideal, but it's pretty comfortable for Masterpiece. There's a shot with Sun, uh, Starscream's head on, and he's holding Prime's like head. It looks oh. like they can see. There you go. Yeah, look at that. Looks like they can all move. Oh, Max. Oh. Look at that. On it. And Gundam very exciting. doing it for years. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it shouldn't it shouldn't be impossible to achieve this level of detail, right? Especially in a figure that you're gonna pay six hundred dollars for. But yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. Like, I mean, I guess that's what. Like, you know, we we do whinge, but realistically, that's it. Every little bit is engineered really nice now. Like, you know, everything does properly move how it should move. Like, as long as it all holds together and isn't loose, I think it's will be worth it. I I tend to agree. Yeah. Um. Look, that's um. So those those are the new MP44 scans. We haven't really talked too much about the vehicle mode. Anything stand out from uh, the vehicle yeah, the, mode? The roller thing, like that bit. That what's that thing called? Like that bit detaches as well and has wheels and can not, be. I'm not sure that we actually have a name for this. It's just it's sort of always sort of been. Isn't it a repair bay or something? Yeah. Station. Yeah, because if you keep going and having a look, there's a picture of it like detached. It's, it's got it's wheels. Freestanding. Oh, yes. Full like rollers carrying it. I'm like, that's really cool. I think it's like a nice little extra just to, you know, for people, like we've been playing with prime cabs for years and that, and certain like it's always just been stuck there. And it's funny to think that that's probably the original design. It's always been sort of glued into the trailers and now it's, now it's got wheels, which it never had on any of the previous toys, but maybe it was meant to. Well, that's it. No, Cause I can't see them like changing Prime's aesthetic going, Oh, let's just add shit to it. Like, you know, mm. like if anything, I just like think them going, well, let's make it what we truly wanted. Yeah. It might've been from like a piece of concept art, like studio ox or something for G1. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think it's possible. Um, you know, if, if anything, this bit sort of looks like a diaclone to me. Yeah, it does. It, it has its sort of modular, style to it eh? it does does. i mean look you know obviously like convoy's original mold was from diaclone but i mean what i mean is that this looks like the dire battles molds with sort of the uh the sort of the 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 gentle slope you're right like i always thought that the cockpit and that like it's the little like where the little dudes would go totally is i wonder if we can bring pilots from dire battles into this uh, into this masterpiece well Find out in August 2019, shall we? Farewell, I know. Well, some of us will, I guess. Some yes. <laughs> some... Too outraged. Right. So I mean, we, you we talk about that value. price, you know, value. Like you could see also on the human figures are much more poseable and detailed than we had before. Pre genderless figures, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Still no faces, though. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny. It's like, yeah, look, you know, we can make them a lot more articulated, but you are not going to get eyes and a mouth on them. Nice. They do have noses. Prime yeah. stole them all. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Look, I think that's enough. That's enough contemplating masterpiece forty four. There's a few uh, sort of like sketches in the making of here. Um. These will all be linked in the show notes if you really want to sort of take take more of a look at them up close. 
it's just funny because then if you have like the damaged prime head on you it'll be sort of like zombie prime and then you'd come up to the people like going like uh, zombie prime and they'll all just turn with like no eyes and shit and they'd be like ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the um uh, look something's got to give up the scale of the humans right so fair enough and of course there's one shot there of the uh, the damaged chest piece that we're expecting to see as well, which is of course where um, Megatron runs Prime through with the uh, like dagger, I guess it is, or whatever during their um, during their final battle in the movie, and the damaged Prime hit. We've been seeing a few G1 reissues turn up over the course of 2018 in Walmart in the USA now. Walmart being Walmart, um, we can't get the figures here. We're led to believe that our our um, minibot reissues that have come out through Cotton On are sort of related to the Walmart reissues as well. But uh, in the last few days, we've actually seen the G1 minibot reissues that we've seen at retail here show up at retail in the States as well. Which... The Cotton On bots were through Sears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bankrupt. Sears went bankrupt, did you say? Yeah. Oh, when did like, that happen? Uh, well, like... Recently, in the in like you know, only the last two three months, they filed for bankruptcy and stuff. Like their stocks dived down real low and everything. Oh. But obviously, yeah, some places probably got rid of a whole bunch of stock. Fair enough. Uh, so the re- reason I brought that up was because I, I did see some uh, comments on some of the news sites this week showing that uh, the figures were showing up at US retail, but not Walmart. Um, mm. So I took that to be that they were getting a bit of a wider release. Um, but it seems to me like they're more the. It seems to me like they're more likely to be the uh, the G one minibots that we've gotten, sort of going a little bit a little bit wider. So we still don't have any news about um, figures like Starscream, Hot Rod, or Devastator coming out for a release in Australia, uh, which is quite disappointing. Like I feel like I'd go out and buy a Devastator, perhaps. But, yeah. I, 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 I know a guy who can get you on. Uh, yeah, I think I think I know that guy too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so it looks like Hasbro is ready to move on to the next round of releases for uh, releases for the Walmart series, and they have put up a uh, bit of a versus tournament grid. So um, Perceptor versus Astro Train and Thundercracker versus Skywarp, and it seems like the winner will will be one of the uh, Walmart releases sort of later into twenty into twenty nineteen. I reckon Astro Train and Thundercracker will be who wins. So only one is going to win. So it's so whoever wins out of Perceptor versus Astro Train and Thundercracker versus Skywarp, and this has actually been uh, already decided, I believe, and uh, Astro Train was in fact the winner. Now, there's good and bad about that. Um, Astro Train has not actually seen a re-release in his original colors, and um, I think actually since the original G1 days. But of course, the mold is uh, the mold does exist for doing a reissue of Astro Train because uh, he was in the Platinum set, although in weird Horrible colors. Color. Weird colors. They were so even, not even diaclone. Yeah, until it came out, and I was like, oh, my God. Disgusting. I've seen that set go really cheap, and even then I can't, pick, I can't bring myself to pick it up. <laughs> so, look, um, all of the other figures, uh, and I think I feel like this is probably why Astro Train won. Uh, all of the other figures have had re-releases in in recent years. Uh, Thundercracker and Skywarp probably more on the e-hobby side, but uh, Perceptor was in um, the uh, the Intel Ops set a couple of years ago, and uh, Thundercracker and Thundercracker and Skywarp. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's been a while since we've seen them specifically, but um, you could probably find a, an e-hobby release of them or uh, possibly even just general on-call releases. I'm not sure. Yeah, like the three-seeker set and stuff. Oh, so the three-seeker set was the Coneheads, so maybe not. The Coneheads, they didn't do the novel? I don't think I think they they've did. done individual reissues of at least Starscream yeah. in the recent batch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know they've done Starscream. I think the Conehead thing was also... You know, a bit in response to they've reissued the Central Free, you know, multiple times beforehand, whereas they haven't really done it with the Coneheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, so still, um, seems like Astro Train is the winner, and uh, there might well be a bunch of uh, G1 aficionados attempting to collect a G1 Astro Train reissue in the next uh, the next few months from uh, Walmart USA. We'll see how that goes. 
for those of us who are into IDW figures, we do have a, a Planet X version of IDW's Star Saber. Now, Max, you're going to have to refresh my memory on uh, Star Saber. I feel like... I feel like while Star Saber sort of uh, came in around sort of the tail end of More Than Meets the Eye season one, I don't think he lasted very long, did he? Uh, he sort of rocked up, killed a couple people, came back in towards the end of Lost Light, died. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. He's, he's very much like if you go into that comic expecting G1 Star Saber, he's very much not that. Oh, definitely not. Like, he's... But I, I still found him pretty cool for the short amount of time, but he was in the comic. Mm. And so this, uh, so Planet X has uh, rendered a very faithful reproduction uh, of the figure. Now, I feel like this guy's quite big. He, he has a lot of bulk to him, um, but he, he looks a bit more, like he looks to move a bit more organically and he, he doesn't look as brickish as her Death Saurus. That makes any sense? Like it's the same aesthetic, but I think this nails proportions a lot better, and consequently seems to have a bit more room to move. I I, I think you're right. Like the I've been a little bit disappointed with the Death Source figures that we've seen from uh, I guess all the manufacturers so far, but uh, this does seem this does seem more like more likely to capture the comic aesthetic in a way it almost looks like some of the flame toys figures the way the, the sort of the, like the the chest and the waist sort of um flow down and thrust out to the front but uh, i feel like that kind of works for star saber yeah it he does fit in with the the resource like just that little bit of added detail to him um you know because mm. it's obviously very much it's still a classic you know, very much like a Gundam-ish super robot, which is, you know, fairly well in line with a lot of the later IDW designs. So, you know, you add a bit of detail to that and he fits right in. I think so. And uh, there does seem to be a very big sword attached to his left shoulder. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, Planet X, and since I think these are their first two figures that they're actually doing a foray out of the uh, Fall of Cybertron designs, which is... Yeah, probably a wise decision from a business perspective. Yeah, given Fall of Cybertron released six years ago. Yeah, I, I feel like they can only really they can only really keep going to going to that well so much. But also, I think um, it's probably it's probably prudent for them as well, given the Fall of Cybertron is about to be redefined in terms of the uh, the Hasbro Siege uh, uh, Siege toy line as well. Yeah, that's it. And also, MMC has proven that there is uh, there is money, and then their um, comic designs, right? Yeah, comics, I mean, it almost feels like I've had this maybe the biggest subset aside from just pure G1 of the um, of the third-party market is just pure IDW designs. I feel like maybe this is also a matter of them wanting to get in on that before the uh, desire for IDW-style figures runs away. Yeah, look, I, I can see that. Uh, I can see that market sort of like waning a little bit in the next few months. I guess once MMC gets a few more of their uh, Lost Light or More Than Meets the Eye inspired characters out of the way and IDW reboots with who knows, who knows what art style. Um, yeah, like I feel like I feel like maybe people will be clamoring for the, the comic style figures a little bit less. I feel like IDW also opened up the door for Planet X in a little bit in some small way because they brought in a lot of the Fall of Cybertron designs uh, to mm -hmm. just serve as their designs for the characters on Cybertron. So, like, I've got my Planet X Acid Storm isn't there for a Fall of Cybertron figure. It serves as an IDW figure. I see, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I look at happy, you know, happy coincidence, I guess. John, are you looking to uh, add a Star Saber to your collection? Yeah, but funnily enough, I'm going to get the Flame Toys one. Right, okay. I actually... I'm so keen on the tarn, so and you know, it's just then you know, it's just something good to go with him. Something they can they can fight each other. Yeah, cool. But yeah, this one looks all right. Like it's not bad, but it's the head I don't actually like. Uh, I was uh, I was sort of looking at the head design there. So if we just, that, you know, there's no other yeah, sort of close up of it. Maybe once it's painted, it'll look better. But it just yeah, like because that eye slot, like it's just dark and it looks too. 
like elongated, like like there's too much space inside there, mm. like, like you know an empty knight's helmet. Yeah, it also doesn't yeah, seem to be quite in line with either G1 or IDW. Like it's got the extra mm -hmm. bells and whistles on the side, but it doesn't have quite a detail of the comic. Yeah, it's like I'm not a huge like you know it's not like I'm a massive like Star Saber G1 fan. Like I only watched it you know once I was a lot older. But like yeah, I, I like Gundams and like yeah that. It looks more Robotech, but yeah, it just looks weird. I don't know. I just need to see color on it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, look, it's early days yet being a prototype, so I would expect to see some color. And they are just test shots coming up. It is a figure, just like Flame Toys, and it doesn't transform. Oh, this is. Oh, I think it's still transform. That makes a lot more sense then, because I was sort of being a bit harsh too, because I was thinking if it's just a figure, like it's kind of chunky. Mm. Yeah, you know, doesn't look that articulated. If it transforms, that makes sense. But probably a lot yeah, better. Uh, Planet X's stuff is definitely definitely transforming. Yeah, I knew Deathsaurus did, but like, yeah, it's just they just didn't show any shots, and it's hard to tell. Like, yeah, fair enough. So we've talked a little bit about uh, IDWs, not IDWs, um, Iron Factories. Uh, Decepticon Justice Division. They, Iron, Iron Factory is sort of uh, trying to trying to please the the fans of the comics by making a team of the uh, DJD, the some of the the long standing villains from uh, IDW's More Than Meets the Eye and Lost Lights comics, and uh, they are of course doing them in tiny scale, just like they do most of their stuff. Now, uh, they've also given them the distinction of making them a uh, combiner. Which uh, they are definitely not a combiner in the comics, but uh, IDW will be will be making uh, IDW. God, I keep saying IDW. Iron Factory will be making their figures combine. Now uh, we we've seen some individual photos, and uh, tonight today we've uh, got um, some pictures of the combined ones. Now I do think it's kind of funny that um, the combined mode looks like a giant tarn. Yeah, <laughs> it's very much the intent, and you also. Like what part of the way it seems they achieve that is by, you know, not having each individual character forms an individual limb. Like this, this the the color separation isn't this uh this limb is this color this limb is this color. It's in different shapes. It's all like they've separated the parts of each figure, so it all comes across looking fairly um, mm -hmm. not uniform necessarily, but symmetrical. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you don't get the the sort of off balance color, um, which is it's quite of, unconventional like, for a combiner. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think it's fair to say that um, I think it's fair to say that Tarn, you know, would not really would not really suffer having um, you know a, a, a non uniform color balance to his uh, his combined form. So, I think they've done they've done justice to Tarn, um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't really. Uh, I don't really know, um, like, uh, I don't know what possible damage they might have done to the individual bots or um, vehicle modes for the figures in order to accomplish this, but uh, I guess we will, uh, I guess we'll see. The individual bots all look, all look, you know, decently. Yeah, they all look None of them look like they have any visible flaws on them. I mean, at the end of the day, they'll probably be a decent price and also come out before MMCs. Even when we see started there's like two years ago. They do look like they're sort of in the vicinity of like uh, I think forty to fifty dollars per figure. Yes, it's although there look there are a couple that are obviously much bigger than the others as well. Yeah. <laughs> Even a couple really big, you know, fairly expensive ones, you know, I think the value proposition is probably there, given how much Iron Factory packs into these little guys and just how much is visible in these images. Iron Factory always does have um you know, quite quite a lot of detail in their figures. I look. I personally find that uh, while the robot modes are generally quite uh, quite detailed and reminiscent of the comics, I find that their alt modes are kind of sometimes a bit of a hodgepodge. It's just that's uh, sort of Iron Factory's. I guess that's how they do it, isn't it? It's yeah. always going to be robot mode first. You know, some ambiguous vehicle mode that's cobbled together after the robot mode's finished. Now. There's there's a bit of a controversy going on with um, the artwork that they're using to promote these figures. The uh, is this the artwork at the bottom here? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So it does it does seem like this artwork is not actually Iron Factory's artwork. I I do remember looking at it and commenting that it looked quite good. 
um, a, a few a few weeks back when this came up, and uh, turns out the reason it looks quite good is because it was actually created by an IDW artist and has been uh, reused without permission. Uh, yes, but you know what else has been re- reused without permission? Is the entire the- thing. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> look, look, it, it doesn't make it better. No, it doesn't, um, doesn't make it any better, but it doesn't necessarily make it any worse either. I just I'm think it, it's, it's not much... It, it's no real way to reconcile taking issue in one sense, but not the other. Look, I, I think the point, I think, is that by using... By building the, the, by building the bots... They're using Hasbro's IP, but by taking the art, they're taking they're taking some. They're actually taking an artist's work rather yeah. than a Hasbro design. And I suppose yeah. also when it comes to the figures, they are, you know, they're based off of. Uh, it's an intellectual property infringing design, but the figures themselves are totally original. So uh, yes, wh- whereas yeah, the art is just completely ripped off of the comic cover. Yeah, which uh, look, I I I think it's a shame that uh, I think it's a shame that they have to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not it's not likely to change in the short term. Now, I also I I don't really see the alt modes of these guys around in uh, in this story. At least uh, they must have come out previously. Uh, Iron Factory doesn't really throw out a lot of promotional pictures of her alt modes because well, they're generally not very good. Mm. Uh, You're not going to display this guy in alt mode, are you? No, he's either going to be combined or as you know, a nice little team there. Yeah, that's true. So, John, um, I think you you mentioned that you were going to collect the MMC versions of these guys rather than Iron Factory. Was that was that you were saying that a few minutes ago? No, I'm saying I'll, I'll get these. Get these? Uh, yeah, because I like the fact that it, cause it seems like it's going to be a set. Mm. Yeah, so I like that. Like, just get this full set of them, just have the five of them. So I believe some of them are out, but not all of them. So um, these are these are EX thirty one, thirty two, thirty three, thirty four, thirty five. So you do have to buy them individually. They might well put a they might well put a set out later. I think they did that with their um their Combaticons. Was it nice? I think they, they put out the individual uh, bots, but then they, they put out the gift set bots. of one of the repaints. No, yeah, yeah. Goldigus as a complete set. Yeah, I say gift set. It was just a set, right? Like you can gift it to whoever you want. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so for now, these guys are for sale individually, although I think it's possible that some of them might be in two packs. I don't think they're two packs, but they're, um, they're like a staggered release. So it's like a wave basically, mm-hmm. you know, two figures come out at a time no, not yeah. in the same, um, not in the same release. Yeah. And those look; those releases have started. So, if you do want to, if you do want to start collecting these, um, I suggest you, I suggest you start looking for them because uh, if picking up Iron Factory figures after release is generally quite annoying and difficult and quite an expensive undertaking. Yeah, no, I'll check. I think that's that's one of the reasons we talk about them a little bit before they come out now. Yeah, no, I'll see. I'll see what's. I'll see what we've got in stock. <laughs> yeah. Cool. We did. Uh, we did say earlier that we're going to talk a little bit about Bumblebee. Um, we are sort of coming towards the towards the end of the show, so we're not going to we're not going to talk about Bumblebee too much. Like, it's a bit early days to sort of go spoiling everyone with, uh, with our thoughts on the movie, but we will be looking to record a sort of a more dedicated Bumblebee spoiler talk. Everyone's seen it and all in roundtable on what we think of it. Uh, but for now, like, let's. Um, yeah, let, 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 let's let's talk about the uh, let's talk about maybe our experience of going to see it today, Max. Like uh, you you've seen you saw it at uh, one of the cinemas in Adelaide. I saw it at a preview screening or a, an advanced screening uh, in George Street in Sydney. I actually I actually took the afternoon off to go and see Bumblebee, yeah. and just go and chill in the city a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, Cinema wasn't super packed out, given that it was a 1 p.m. session on a Friday afternoon. Um, when I say super packed out, it wasn't really that busy at all. It was it wasn't a VMAX cinema, so it was very it was very uh, very very large cinema and very sparsely populated with people. Um, I was quite happy to see I was quite happy to see parents taking their kids. Uh, yes, so was I. Was, it, was that happening? So that was happening in your screening as well. Yeah, almost to an annoying extent because there was this one little kid and the. Back right, who just kept applauding when 
fun stuff happened. <laughs> like, this isn't America or India. You don't applaud in the cinema. You know, you know, you know what? Um, you say you say that, but the pop that Captain America got in Infinity War in the cinema that I saw it in was just astonishing. Like people were so into it, and when he appeared on screen, wow, there was a cheer. That cheers. I I just can't. And this is going off topic now, but it, it just breaks my immersion completely every single time. So, like, are you that fun, incapable like, of containing? your emotion i think it's oh, fine toward, I, think, I, I, think it's, I think it's fine to have a little bit of an emotion slip out while you're watching a movie and i, I you know i I'm, I'm happy that people are that excited and that happy about stuff that they do like you know one of the one of the most fun movie going experiences i've ever had was actually watching um i think it was the mummy returns or the the second mummy movie in a cinema at a premiere screening and it was packed out and the audience was totally into it so like you know there was like gasps and shocks and, oh, you know, and you know people clapping and you know there was lots of laughter as well and so like like it's it's funny you say you know like contain your emotion but like people will laugh out loud oh, yeah, i think it's it's differences you know like laughter or like screaming in a horror movie or something that's just that's something that the movie is intending for you to do. Mm. I, I can't movie. Like I remember once something happened in a movie that like, you know, if you were switched on, you could sort of tell that that's what was going to be announced or happened. But when it got said and then it pauses someone in the cinema, it was like, went like, oh, shit. Like, that, <laughs> like the whole cinema just started laughing at like that. <laughs> like it just went completely quiet. Like cause that was the moment that you like, you know, get told me it was just so funny that this one person was just blown away. <laughs> there's always there's always the one person who has an epiphany in the quiet moments, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 oh, like, <laughs> yeah. <Whoa>. <laughs> um, so look, uh, a couple of things we'll talk about with Bumblebee that um, you know we won't get very won't get spoilery with it. Uh, we have seen stills and footage over the last couple of months revealing that there is a i'm not going to say an extensive part of the movie but i don't think we expected it to be very extensive um set on cybertron um i think we uh, i think we sort of said that it was likely to be a you know a few minutes at the start of the movie so so it's correct is but, it uh, is it definitely a, a reboot then now like not that i like personally i still love the bay films and you know enjoyed all of them still do there's a contention on this. I would call it X Men First Class, where no, it's I, no. I, I wouldn't call it X Men First Class at all. Um, I, I I think that was a. I think that was a. I think that was a. a, a I think that was a bit of a bit of a furphy. The the person who posted that one to TFW. There are things that happen in the movie that make it impossible to connect it to 2007 Transformers. Oh yeah, so, that, that's what I mean. But like in terms of. But they connected X Men First Class to the main X Men franchise, like that. That's but, but they also class. directly contradicted it. Here's what I'm saying, and like, hmm. so yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's the intention seems to be. So as of right now, I could see this is probably just going to be a reboot for a series, but it seemed to me like that in production, the idea was leave it open so that it could technically still be canon because let's see, real these movies. Have been terrible. Have broken their canon a hundred times before, hmm. right? So it could technically still be related, but if it needs to be a reboot, it can be a reboot. I, so I, I think that I think that's I think that's probably accurate. But um, like I said, there are there are events that occur in the movie that definitely throw it into reboot territory, and like mm-hmm. you can't go back and change some of it. No, nice. That's cool. Like, not that I have a problem with Favos, but it's just good because then they can redo shit again. Like, you know, put other characters in and stuff again. Like, you know, make them. Yeah, yeah they can. Um, so I was saying, I've been, I've, like, I've been trying to figure out my thoughts on the movie. I'm going to see it again tomorrow night. And I'll probably, I'll probably have a little bit more to say maybe on Sunday or so. But uh, like, for me, what I what I find interesting about the production side of the movie is, or uh, well, the production side of the movie, and watching. Watching the um, sorry, some things are popping up on my screen. Well, watching the movie, some as a somewhat detached fan, um, observing 
uh, a somewhat detached fan of observing from, well, not the sidelines, but my cinema seat. To me, it, like this is totally consistent with the Transformers reboot, right? Like it's taken elements of things that we know and it's taken parts of lore that has have come past in, you know, in things gone by. There's, there's a couple of things that, uh, you know, people are saying kind of references Transformers Prime in a way, but not really. Um, and, you know, there's things that we've seen before, like um, how Transformers arrive on Earth and Sector 7 and things like that. And the movie takes them and gives them a bit of a new spin. Like this is definitely, I say definitely, it's not necessarily the same Sector 7 that we've seen in the Bay movies. And so, you know, we, we can definitely... We, we can definitely appreciate that um, in a rebooted universe, Sector 7 might still exist, but have a slightly different remit, a slightly different staff, and slightly yeah, different powers and goals. Stuff like that doesn't ever bother me. Like, all that. Like yeah. I just think, like, it's it's good to see more, like, you know, like, obviously, which I haven't seen the movie, I'll see try to see it tomorrow. But as you said, there's a lot longer scene in Cybertron than what we thought. That'll be, that's quite exciting. Yeah, but I mean, it's not necessarily a lot longer scene, but yeah, it was actually shorter than I imagined it would be. I, I, I would go with that. But like the fact that they showed that and showed Soundwave and stuff, like it, it's not you know, like no movie's ever going to be exactly how we imagined. You know, if they're copying from a show or a cartoon or like a game, but it's good to see like this. You know, have a nice, real good try at it. I feel. Yeah, yeah, it, it's like Jason was saying. You know. It, the idea that it is Transformers has always borrowed elements of previous continuities. Yeah. Uh, so if this movie seems to very heavily, it borrows a few key elements from G1 and a few key elements from the 07 movie. And yeah. they, it blends them together. And I think it, what well, it comes out really well for it. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And so that's kind of, uh, that's kind of how we, um, yeah, that, I, look, I, I feel like that's probably about as far as we should go for this episode, given that there'll be a lot of people who haven't seen the movie yet. We don't really want to spoil them too much. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to really just, like, I'll say it felt good to come out of a movie feeling, like, legitimately positive about a Transformers movie. I just want to, I want to just, like, I, I, I'm kind of tempering that enthusiasm, right? Like, I enjoyed it, but I do feel like, I do feel like there are things that, um, there are things that still didn't trouble me, but didn't necessarily sit right with me anyway. It's it's no it's not a masterpiece. It's yeah, it's a good movie. I would call it that much. Um, yeah, but so it's look, I want to call it remarkable. Yeah, as a movie, as a piece of Transformers media, fantastic. Loved every minute. Yeah, see if it, if it goes well, I'm just be interested to see if then obviously if they make a second, if it just then gets to be a Transformers movie, or if it's going to be Bumblebee too. Well, isn't it supposed to be as an Optimus Prime movie in like early planning? The stage, like last, last people were talking about was they were circling the Tron Legacy director. That'd be nice if they did. I, I, so I, I heard that, but I thought that was actually denied, uh, at least in terms of the director. But um, I know they had Peter Cullen sort of stand up at uh, Comic Con and, uh, and ask the Bumblebee panel what you have to do to get a movie made about your character. Um, and I think we all joked at the time that it's, you know, obviously all the movies thus far have been about Optimus Prime anyway. But the um, the the thought is that the, you know, the next... Look, th this was meant to be a standalone movie. It was not really meant to be the start of a big uh, franchise reboot or rewrite. And so if the next story they do is an Optimus Prime story, then it could have a, you know, it might be set in the 90s or something. You, you, never, you don't really know. Like, they might they might dance around continuity for a while it could even it could be set in the modern day no that's fair enough then that answers that point yeah um so there there is a thought since we have mentioned the the sort of the cybertron set parts um there are there is some thought that uh there might be a cybertron set cgi movie coming um travis knight the director of bumblebee has said that uh, he would like to see it but he's also said that uh and as far as his future goes, he's going back to the uh, animation studio that uh, that he's been working at for quite a long time. And so uh, anything that happens in the future on Transformers might well happen without him. And I think that's I think that's probably okay. I feel like I feel like this was a go at 
handing the reins to the franchise over to someone else. And it's, I don't think that they needed to hand complete control of the franchise to someone else as like the incoming showrunner for a new series of something. But I think uh, it's okay to sort of have a bit of an overarching view of where they're going to go and uh, hand it to different directors to see what they do. Well, I mean, the, I think there was talk about Michael Bay had a role as like a creative director, creative producer, something like that on this. The, the, the production and the financing and the producers and everything on this are exactly the same people as have been behind all of the other movies. Yeah, and the, the talk there was talk about uh, Travis Knight sort of moving into uh, one of those roles as sort of just, you know, not someone who's directing a movie, writing plots, anything like that, but who's just there giving a bit of creative steering. Yeah, maybe. I'm. I'm not... I'm not sure. I'm not really sure that he feels like he wants to do that. I th- I feel like the news in the last few days has been that he's sort of he's done this and he's done with it and he's going to move on. At the um, end of the day, the only things I really ever hated with the Michael Bay movies was obviously the devastated design. Just silly. I don't like the balls and that. Like it's mm. just it's just crap humor that I just don't think was needed. And and it was just a shit design. And the fact that Megatron constantly kept changing design every movie. Other yeah. than that. Movies are good. Like I, I enjoy them honestly. Like I'm not, like I, I always went to see them and felt pretty good after leaving them. Mm. Right. But this one, like I'm pretty like you know excited, but yet worried for it at the same time. <laughs> like when I was never really worried if a Bayverse movie was bad, like because I never judged it. But like this, I'm think like judging more if anything because it does have like some older looking you know bots and G1 references. Like, so we'll see. You you feel like this one has a this one has more of a chance of uh, stomping on your childhood than the Bayverse? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I look. I think that's an interesting perspective to take. I, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to hear your thoughts once you've uh, once you've seen the movie. Yeah, I really wish I did get to see it today. That I'll, I'll definitely go see it tomorrow around midday. Cool. So we have had talk that um, we have had talk that Allspark Pictures would be. Uh, overseeing a, a CGI prequel to the Bayverse um, so that was set on Cybertron, and I feel like after seeing Bumblebee today, if that sort of if that took a pivot to being a CGI prequel to Bumblebee set on Cybertron, I wouldn't be surprised because I feel like this is kind of a test run for them. And um, you know, I look far from being surprised. I think I would welcome that. I think um, I would really enjoy seeing such a movie. Yeah, I think one of this movie's perhaps its greatest strengths was making the robots characters, like to a greater extent than at any any other movie. Like some of them, yeah. Look, uh, look, a vast a, a lot of them had just one line Yeah, they're 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 not they're not developed characters, but I feel like the ones that are like there, they're, they're fine. Yeah, there are ones that are. The ones that do have decent amounts of dialogue, you know, they. I think they I, work I think this is a topic that we should talk about when we actually get. Yeah, into I, the I can't really interview. say let's what not, I want let, to say. Let, let, yeah, let's let's not. Let's just table that, and we'll talk about it later. Well, talk about it when we're ready for it. Last piece of uh, Bumblebee-related news: uh, If you are in Japan and you're a. Well, I don't think they're a thousand dollars. They're pieces of acrylic. Uh, Prime One Studio, uh, they're making acrylic keychains for the, the Bumblebee movie, and nobody really knows why, but um, there they go. They'll only be told at Aquacidia Diver and the Amphitheatre, Karuka Figure uh, Museum. Yeah. You know what? Um, i got to say, uh, I wouldn't mind the set of these. <laughs> I, I like. I feel like just sort of seeing the seeing this sort of hanging off someone's bag. Um, I like it. The Bumblebee logo obviously is just sort of like a generic stand that each of the keychains can insert into. If you got the full set, like then it'd be alright, and then it'd also probably you know actually be worth something. Probably, yeah. yeah maybe, maybe it'd be worth a thousand dollars, but yeah. Um, I, just look, looking at looking at these, I just do want. I do want to go back to one thing that I thought was funny about Bumblebee, and it's not. It's not really a spoiler or anything. It's just more, you know, how is it that in 2018 this doesn't happen? Um, the Bumblebee logo that's used on the poster and all the promotional art is not the same logo that you got on screen in the movie. I didn't. You actually, yeah, no. I didn't notice that, but I think you're actually right. Like, 
it's it's just it's just really weird it's just especially because the logo when they did show the logo on screen in the movie like it was kind of inconsequential like it, it didn't tie into anything it was just like yeah here's the logo of the movie and it's like why wouldn't you use the same why wouldn't you use the same logo that you're using in the in the in the promotional art like it just ties things together i think the one in the movie was a bit more like it was all sort of sort of like electronically detailed yeah so it's sort of it came straight off of that cybertron scene so yeah, but like it didn't. Yeah, it, it, it didn't really. Need it's to. inconsequential that being different. So I, I don't know why they made it different. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. Um, so look, uh, if someone is in Japan in uh, March two thousand nineteen, wouldn't mind. Uh, wouldn't mind someone picking up some of these. Uh, some of these keychains for me. Thank you. And uh, I feel like that's the end of the news. Uh, does anyone have any more news that we need to talk about this week? I think so. No, no more, no more news to talk about. Let's go on to a very brief, because we are recording quite late at night. Let's uh, get on to a bit of a brief discussion about uh, new acquisitions. Now, Max, I believe you have, uh, you have a fairly major one. Yeah, oh, it's probably not as fancy as you think it is. Um, oh. I, I know I wrote Flame Toys, but it is not one of those big fancy ones. This is the from their model kit line. Uh, oh, nice. So that's their take on Starscream. Uh, I mean, for starters, the figure is incredible, but like the creative process behind all these fan stories things is something I find, and plain toys things is something I find ridiculous. So, you know, Sentinel, they do a lot of like, you know, over fancy figures and they have various subsidiaries. So, Sentinel, they do like sort of bit like artsy type action figures. So, they did, they did that giant um, uh, vinyl scorpion. Is that Starscream a kit though, or like a figure? Did you? This this one's a model kit, but you know, yeah, 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 cool. Because I've seen the Prime model kit of them. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's one of the better model kits I've ever owned, actually. But then, so Flame Toys is part of Sentinel, and so they've got two different sub brands. So there's the Kurikara Courier ones, which are like they're based. They're generally based off of IDW designs, and they're done their articulation is done by chemical attack who they do like a small mm. team who does like a lot of little like projects for different companies but usually sentinel is that uh stickers on the wings like as it looks foiled like in the light occasionally as you're moving it like uh, uh yes yeah, so the wings are is um foil stickers on there so it's all got a big gloss to it but the finish on the plastic itself is quite nice it's not you know, it's like a matte or glossy but it's you know it's a decent quality finished plastic and like yeah. nicely, nice and solid as well. Um, and so, how long does it take to assemble? To about four hours, mm-hmm. <laughs> mostly because I'm crap at building model kits. But uh, yeah, so it's been years since I've built a model kit. So I'm like, I'm really curious. Yeah, I sort of stopped making them, but I did this one because it just looked fantastic. Mm. Um, and then the actual, so like the figure itself is engineered by Flame Toys, but the actual design of like the original. This is like a unique take on Starscream. So this design is done by uh, Akira Amamiya. Who's, uh, um, he's a guy from uh, Trigger. So he does, he's done a whole bunch of stuff like Inferno Cop and Kill the Kill and all that. But he's a massive Transformers nerd. So he's currently doing a show called uh, SSSS.Gridman. And every single human character in that is a Transformers reference. Yeah, yeah, I was saying seen that but yeah post about that i'll have to the, the internet is in love with that show yeah mostly just because everything is a transformers reference <laughs> so it's kind of fitting that he winds up designing a figure for flame toys and as it happens it's a fantastic little figure like i wasn't expecting all the you know engineering uh bells and whistles of uh, larger kurikara crew figures but I actually managed to pack a decent amount into this guy you know so he's got like figure out style hips and you know like three segments into torso there so you can pull yeah. off a you know fairly decent amount of poses so um, is, it, is it glued together uh there are some parts that advises you gluing like i'm gonna have to you're supposed to have a nose cone sticking off the back here that mm. i'm gonna have to glue later because that won't hold on but everything else it, i've just snapped together and that's all been fine like nothing's fallen apart or anything okay yeah, uh, right. So, so yeah. So you don't really have to apply glue. No, it'd be like, like, like no, it's, it's not essential. Hmm. 
Yeah, cool. Right. And uh, yeah, if you want that sort of flame toys uh, experience, like this is a much more affordable option than those larger figures. Do you mind if I ask how much they how how much more affordable they are? Uh, this guy ran me about seventy five bucks, mm-hmm. which is a fair bit. Like it's pretty pricey for a model kit, but it's a really high quality one. And I guess Sentinel and Flame Toys stuff is always has always been that's, you know, that's a bit pricier. So that's like, about, I was okay paying that much. Okay, uh, that's about standard for a deep like that size model kit, a decent one. And so the finished result does look like he's probably about the size of a deluxe figure. Yeah, he's like, actually, I don't know, I've got decently, I've got pretty big hands. So he's actually about Voyager size. Okay. Um, and the, uh, like, it weighs about the same as well, actually. Like, this isn't, it's not your standard, like, model kit plastic. Like, it's very solid. Like, it feels like a retail transformer. Right. Okay. So that's actually. That's good to know. That's quite surprising. Um, makes me feel like maybe I might uh, get into some of these, see how see how they go. Yeah, they're all like original designs. They're all, you know, they're neat little things. You know, they're not going to really represent the characters exactly on your shelf, but just as this cool, unique take on Starscream, it mm. works perfectly. Mm. And there's an awesome story of the creative process behind it as well. Cool. All right. Um, I so I don't have um, I don't have new figures for myself this week. Actually, you know, some stuff did arrive, but I haven't brought it home yet. So um, we can talk about that next time. Uh, John, how about yourself? Have you got any uh, got any new acquisitions you want to show off? No, not. I mean, I didn't get anything this week. I mean, the latest, the most recent thing I got was um, the the e hobby. Black Megatron, but you've probably showed that. You've probably got one. That uh, I, I did get that from you. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So yes, that that has uh, that has shown up before. But um, yeah, like I otherwise I, I like got, that you like it. Yeah. Otherwise, I've got like um, what the mass like the Nemesis Prime, the mass one, like mass one OB Mega Action Series. Yeah, yeah. That's and pretty good. Giant Nemesis Prime. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I can grab him. I yeah. got. So you have way more room than I do, I think, is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool, though. Jeez, look at that. Look, look, I I just want to point out at this point, um, John is not large, and uh, this bot is about the same size as him. (laughs) (laughs) That's a beast of a figure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he can put his arm around me. He can hang out. Yeah. yeah uh, so um, uh, it was at TF Nation. I think we uh, we a few of us uh, a few of us encountered Becker with the uh, the um, the Mega Action Megatron as well. Have you seen though that Leopardron? I want to get that one. Oh, uh, the... Lewin Industries, not Leopard. Leopard's the uh, Leopard's the KO Lego manufacturers. <laughs> Oh, Lewin, Lewin Industries, I think they are. Yeah, Lewin. Yeah, I I was lucky enough to see that one in person at TF Nation, and uh, there are a couple of people on the uh, TCCA Facebook group who have actually uh, received that figure and uh, shown it off. Yeah, because he's what? I think he's 45 centimetres, the mass ones, (laughs) and that's 72 centimetres. Yeah. Uh, It's bigger than what you're... Titans of Turn Four Max, everything. Two of them, I think, are on their shoulders are literally as tall as me. Yeah. So that look the the Lewin the Lewin Industries figure is uh is a, a masterpiece style design, whereas um the Mega Action is slightly different, slightly um slightly more detailed. And it's official, like the yeah. mass ones. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> they're they're official because they don't transform. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. If you are watching the live stream, the uh, TCCA Christmas donation drive ends tonight. Uh, the li- there will be a live draw on Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. So uh, a big thank you to people who've donated and supported the club. And uh, your donations will enable us to uh, go out and reach more fans in the following year as we uh, go out to different conventions and uh, different events around Australia. So thank you very much for that. And uh, yeah, Brad will be conducting the, the live draw for that. So I think without uh, without much further ado, because it is getting on well late into the night, uh, we might 
bring might bring the show to a close. Thank you for listening, and uh, if you are. If you are watching along with the live record, uh, thank you for staying up late and checking us out. Uh, you can get in touch with us at transformersweekly.podbean.com for the, the episodes, the Australian Transformers Weekly Facebook page. And, of course, we're all in Transformers Collectors Club Australia on Facebook for discussion. Uh, if you're not already subscribed, you'll find the podcast on uh, iTunes, Pocket Casts, YouTube, and more. There is an RSS feed on the website and in the show notes. Uh, we are a production of Transformers Collectors Club Australia. It's a registered club in Victoria run by volunteers who donate their time and money to make the club and everyone's experiences better and happier. Our goal is to connect Transformers fans around the country and we do it by engaging the collecting community. You can find out more about the club, including some affordable yearly membership options and that is my cat appearing on the podcast yet again. Oh, Andy. <laughs> yeah, he's gone now. Uh, at uh, TransformersCCA.com. And that is all for us. And uh, we'll be back with a review of Transformers Bumblebee in the in the next few days. And uh, we'll probably we we'll probably we'll probably restart the uh, restart the weekly shows fairly early in the new year. We'll have to catch up with all the Transformers news that will break over the uh, over the holidays and through Bumblebee's release window. Uh, it is coming out in Australia officially next week on the twentieth, uh, and overseas on the twenty sixth. So we do actually get to see the movie a bit before some of the other um, parts of the world. All right, that is it from me. Um, so I think without further ado, I think it's time to end the show. So That's thank you for the rest of us. Yeah, thank you for listening and bye bye. What was that? <laughs> Transform and roll out. Yes, indeed. Transform and roll out. Thank you guys. Bye.